I, I hope you guys understand where I'm coming from. Um, and I, this is an evil that is upon us, and we cannot ignore these things. To be a Christian and ignore these things is failure to be a Christian at all. All right. Let's pray. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we, um, we do, oh Lord, ask that you would be with us this morning, Father, as we open up your word and we continue to study the gospel of Matthew. I pray, Lord, that you would give us strength, Lord, as you did to the apostles. Um, Lord, all the disciples of the time, Father, they not only believed, but they had, Lord, the confidence and they had the faith to continue to proclaim the gospel, even if it meant their own lives. And I pray, Lord, that we would stand for truth just as they did. Lord, that we would not uh, be afraid of anything that comes our way. But, Lord, that we would, Lord, continue to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. That whether people receive it or not, well, that's between them and you. But for us, let us be faithful. May we be courageous, for you are with us, and you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. Lord, I ask that you would be our teacher this morning. That you would bring to the surface those things that need to be revealed to each and every one of us. And Lord, that if there's anyone here, Lord, who does not understand, who has not received this gospel, the good news, in answer the, in the affirmative, to receive it as their own, Lord, I pray that this day would be the day of salvation. And so, Father, move among us. Be with us. Teach us. Open up our eyes and open up our hearts to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, Matthew chapter 10. Let's start. Why don't we do this? Let's all stand up. Let's all stand up. All right, so we're going to read. We're going to read um, starting in verse 16. We'll go through to verse 33. So Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. And so be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver deliver brother over to death, and the father, his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called a master of the house Beelzebul, how much... More will they malign those of his household. 
Verse 26, so have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Father, again, we ask for your blessing, Lord. This is your word, and, and we know that it will accomplish that which you have set for it to accomplish, Lord. Fulfill in our lives. And so, Father, again, we commit this morning into your hands, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Now, Jesus had previously given to the apostles instructions on how to go to the Jewish people first. That's what we covered last week, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, to go and speak these words. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, it is near, it is here, it is to be responded to. If they receive the messenger, then that household would also receive God's peace and that which only Jesus can give. Not as the world gives, but as Jesus gives, as Savior and as Lord. But if they did not receive the messenger and the message that they were sent to proclaim, then there was no peace in that home. Messenger, the messenger was told not to take it personally, but to remove himself from that home and to continue moving on to the next one. Just keep going. Sometimes, as we learned last week, we take things so personally. We have this thin skin. And as Christians, we cannot have thin skin. Or else we will stumble at every opportunity, right? And we will need to be coddled. And we will need to be just babied, right? And so the Lord tells us, that's not for my children. That's not for you. You are mine. Do you understand the authority in which you go out in to the world to proclaim the best news that the world has ever heard? Go in the power of the Lord. Go in the Spirit of God. But keep moving. Do not stop. But now Jesus is not just warning of the rejection, but also of persecution. The environment that they are entering into may at times be comparable. As the Lord said, you are going out. I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Think about that. That's pretty disturbing, isn't it? Here you have like, okay, so Lord, you told us to go out and go into the households. And if they receive us, that's fine. If they reject us, that's fine to just dust uh, off our, ourselves and our sandals and, and go on to the next one. But now you're telling us that you're sending us out in such a way that it's likened to sheep in the midst of wolves? Yes. That's exactly it. The Christian, the Christian life also is oftentimes likened to that of being in the military, of sometimes facing conflict in such a way that we need to kind of 
have it illustrated in our minds, have that picture in there that this is a very serious battle that's going on. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul encouraged and through the word commands us to don or put on the whole armor of God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, he writes, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. It's interesting that those two verses are one after the other. Because oftentimes we relate love to, um, to basically a mother's care, to bringing someone in near and, and just embracing them and being soft with them. But that's not what we're hearing here from the Apostle Paul. This love is making sure that we're not compromising, that we're standing in the truth, but that we are moving forward in a battle engaging the enemy, because we are called to engage the enemy. Hebrews 2.10 says, For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder, or in the King James Version, captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. There's a reason why he's referred to as the commander of the Lord's army, the captain of our salvation, He is victorious. He is one that never never pulled his hand back from doing exactly what the Father's will was, even if it meant his own life. I wonder how many of us would be so courageous that we would continue to move forward, even in the face of danger, to the point to where we would surrender our lives for the cause of Christ. A good captain will prepare his men for everything that could be involved in a conflict. When you engage in advance, there is an enemy and there will be difficulty. I love how it is that Pastor Chuck Smith left this legacy. And I hear it from pastors time and time again. When they would go to Pastor Chuck Smith, these men like Damian Kyle or Don McClure or Mike McIntosh, and they would ask him, for some good, solid advice. You know, what do I do in this situation? Oftentimes, he would not answer at all. Tell him, go, go to the Lord. That's where you need to find this. Go to the Lord. Go to the Lord. I, I can give you my two cents. I can give you what I have. But it, it doesn't match that which the Lord can give you. It, it's in the midst of tension and trials and things that we go through that we learn and we are sanctified in Christ. We are built up. We are strengthened. We are refined. And we become the people of God that He intended us to be. And a good captain, again, will prepare his men for all of these things. To withhold and not do anything is not an option for the commander of the Lord's army has given us marching orders and we are to go. There's nothing that should stand in our way. Not even our, our own consequences. What, what are we going to be known for? Regardless of what comes our way. Are we fulfilling the great commission? To go. And make disciples of all nations. 
When the Lord had commissioned Joshua to lead the Israelites into the promised land, he told him, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? And see, so we know it's a command. It's not a suggestion, right? Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. I love those words. There's no words that I would rather hear from those I remember as I served in the Navy that to stand up, stand up and be a man. Stand up and be counted for. Stand up, move forward. Do that which you know to do. That's what we need to hear. Not retreat. Go. And so this was... These were the words that Joshua was being encouraged with. with, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you. Where? Wherever you go. Wherever you go. Just as the apostles, we cannot beware without knowledge. This is what the Lord did with them in the the verses that we're covering. He he warned them. We, We cannot heed a warning without knowledge, without understanding. We cannot go without preparation. And we cannot go with courage if we do not believe in why we are to go. So beware, go and do not fear, is what we have before us. We are warned here, as the apostles and the Lord's disciples were warned in verses 16 through 25. As we read through, we saw very clearly... Jesus prepares well those he sends. He doesn't just send us. Go and make disciples of all nations. Hey, good luck. No, he he warns us. He tells us, this is what you're going to encounter. This is how you are to go. This is how you are to handle things. He tells us all of those things. He gives these men ample warning of what they can expect as they go. Jesus describes them again as sheep in the midst of wolves. And, and just as you could come to expect, a, a lamb in the midst of wolves is quite anxious, it is quite fearful. No, I mean, I, I can... Have you ever seen um, those um, National Geographic or any of those shows and? Or maybe on YouTube, you you see these videos to where the predator is going after the prey. Which ones do they normally go after? The ones that are alone. The ones that are apart from the bunch, right? They're all by themselves. Sometimes those who are kind of sickly as well. Those who are not aware of their surroundings. You know, they they are so enticed by that water that's right there. They're so thirsty and the flesh is taken over, right? And they go right by the water and what comes up out of the water? A gator, right? And brings them in. Yeah, it's just, those are the people that are picked off. But the Lord is telling his disciples, it's interesting, I'm sending you out. As sheep among wolves. Because I know that you can be anxious. I know that you can be fearful. I know that you can doubt. So beware. 
have that understanding. Have you ever felt fear? You know, when, when you go out and you know the Lord is giving you an op- has given you an opportunity to tell someone about Him. All of a sudden, your palms are sweaty, you can, your heart's racing, you're like, oh, I don't know, what's that sin? If we allow it to? Fear. It's fear. How many opportunities have you missed because of that? I can tell you and I confess to you that I have missed opportunities because I have been paralyzed with fear. That's a very shameful confession and one that I I don't want to repeat. If I have an opportunity, I, I want to move forward with great confidence and courage. But this is what he's telling them. This is what he's saying. Hey, listen, it's very natural for you to feel these things. So you're going to feel like, feel like you're, you're a lamb in, in the midst of wolves. Right? But we need to understand one thing. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world, right? We have God with us. We have the Holy Spirit indwelling us. There's much more to it. A lamb seems defen- defenseless before a wolf. How can they manage to escape a ferocious wolf? The world, by the way, celebrates wolves. The, what is it? The Wolf of Wall Street with uh, DiCaprio, right? That, that's a celebrated movie. Not only in the financial world, but throughout the corporate world, wolves are celebrated. Go out there and devour your prey. Climb the ladder of success with whatever means are necessary. If you need to step on each other along the way, hey, the stronger one will rise to the top. In God's economy, that's the bottom. That's not the top. In God's economy, he's saying, hey, listen, the humble will be lifted up. The last will be first. The servant will be regarded above all else. And then Jesus actually gave that example as he girded his loins and served all of his disciples. So what we have here is just this this, uh, illustration, this this picture that the Lord was drawing in their minds. This is kind of how you're going to feel out there. But don't lose heart. I am with you. It was good for Jesus to leave because as he left... Who came in his place to continue on with the work that he had started? The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, right? He's with us. Jesus warns these men that they will be taken into custody and brought before judges, governors, and even kings for the purpose of testifying of Jesus Christ. Please notice with me that it is not for the purpose of defending their own innocence. Please notice that. What does this mean? Well, it means that when you are charged of being a Christ follower, of standing on the truth, you know, really, you shouldn't be defending your innocence. Why? Because you're guilty as charged. I'm, I'm guilty, right? There should be ample evidence to convict you of that very truth. That you are a Christian. You stand on the truth. You do not compromise. I'm not going to go there. even unto death. Let 
their charges will reflect their admission that Jesus is Lord. He is the Son of God. Jesus is the Messiah who has come to seek and save the lost. And they are never to deny this truth, even unto death, is what the Lord was telling them. Your whole goal, your whole purpose is to go out. You're going to experience these things. But your whole purpose is to testify of me. Jesus warned his disciples that even family will betray them and hand them over to be judged by the authorities. Jesus warned them that they will be hated and some will even be put to death. I remember enlisting in the Navy and being told that we are to defend the United States of America against enemies that are foreign and domestic, even at the expense of our lives. Even if it means shedding my own blood to defend this great nation, which, by the way, we are still the greatest nation in the world. There is none that compares. None. Not one. But I remember when it was just... That, that moment to where it was a sobering reality for me. Because like, I, I need to be willing to give up myself to the point to where I would even give my own life so that these knuckleheads can protest and do the things that they're doing out there. Exercise their First Amendment right. Right? And ours too. So that we can have and experience and live the liberties that we have, the freedoms that we have as Americans. That was a sobering moment. It wasn't a game anymore. It was real. And I thought to myself, I better get really, really good at what I'm doing. I better get really, really, really prepared for what may come at any time. And I am preparing not to just get by. I am preparing... To, the, be, to be the best at what I'm doing, to win. To win. Are, are you as a believer preparing, no matter what may come, to win or to just kind of skate, to kind of just get by? I've kind of punched the clock and I've come here and done this and done that. No, we, we need to prepare to win. There are certain battles that we're going to be confronted with. Are we prepared? You can't beat someone who will never give up. Someone who keeps getting up and advancing. Someone who will not fear, not allow fear to overwhelm them, but overwhelm fear with persistence, uh, courage, and determination to do that which they know to do. And Jesus told these that he was sending them and that the main mission was to testify of him. And he, he told them, hey, be aware of men. I'm sending you out in the midst of wolves. You're going to be forsaken by family, handed over to all kinds of people to be judged. But do not lose heart. Even with all this opposition, they were sent and they were to go. In the same verses there, we also see how it is that even, like I said, even in the midst of it, they were to go. Go where and do what and how? Those are good questions, No. Where are they to go? Well, out into the world, into the midst of people who are antagonistic, aggressive, and even hostile towards those of the faith. Not, Not to stay in our Christian bubble. We need to go. We need to befriend people who are not of the faith. We're to go and engage them. 
we are to go and tell them of the good news of Jesus Christ. We, we, already, we already know here, no? Notice with me that Jesus is telling his disciples that he's sending them into hostile territory. I mean, right from the very beginning, behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, right? Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues. Oh, joy, right? Go out. Not here. None of that will happen here. It's out there that you'll be persecuted and that you'll be taken before other people and judged for the faith that you exercise. It's out there. And he sends them out there. Jesus is sending them out into the midst of men who are against Jesus and anyone who follows him, even subjecting them to the possibility and even certainty of being accused of loving Jesus. Oh, you're, you're just a Jesus freak. You love Jesus too much. And I've heard that. You are too religious. You are fanatical. You're like on one end of the spectrum. But why? Do what? Well, because Jesus did not come for those who are well. Who did he come for? I mean, we just went over that a, a few weeks ago, right? The, the physician is not there for the well people. Physician is there for the sick people. He came to seek and save the lost. To save the person who is in danger of eternal damnation. Which, by the way, there's none righteous. No, not one. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you have an ear to hear what the Spirit is speaking to you, then I pray that you would hear. Because we were called to go out into the world and testify of the grace and love that the Father demonstrated through the Son, Jesus Christ. No matter what the Christians may encounter, their main objective was to testify of Jesus Christ before family, before the local, state, and federal authorities. Everyone. Everyone. Just to testify. Of Jesus Christ. Well, how are we to do this? Because this is all in the text that we've gone through. All the verses. God's very word. Well, intelligently. And with love. Both go together, by the way. Christianity is a thinking man's faith. It's not, it's not for the person who won't exercise this, this thing that the Lord has given to us. He's, he's given us this mind to, to think things through and to understand this with complete understanding. He said, be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Well, what does that mean? Well, this means that they were to exercise good judgment in discerning their approach and execution of actions to arrive at the intended goal. Testifying of Jesus proclaiming the gospel. They were to go about in a smart way. Think about these things. How is it that you can most effectively go out and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and have it received by others? How can you do that? And at the same time, there's no justification for cheating, lying, stealing, compromising. There's no justification for any of those. None whatsoever. Sometimes, and I heard it this last week as we were at the Pastors and Wives Conference, how it is that um, 
there were even amongst pastors in this pastor says, yeah, you know, I've taken up drinking so that I can more relate to the world and be most effective, more effective, um, you know, before them. And what this other pastor said, he said, don't listen to him. It didn't happen at the pastor's conference. It happened somewhere else in a smaller group among pastors. And he said, I, I, I sure do hope he was joking, but he kept going on with it. Like, I think he was really serious. He didn't say he was joking. Don't get me going on drinking. And, the reason, and, and this, is, this is me. I, I know, I know. I mean, you don't have to preach to me. The Bible doesn't say um, you shall not drink, but you shall not be given to drink. I mean, I hear, I hear that, that uh, justification all the time for people drinking. Quite frankly, there's nothing good that comes of drinking. I, you know what? I can drink true grape juice and a soda and not have to deal with alcohol whatsoever and enjoy myself much more. I'm clear-headed. I, I enjoy the company of all of you my brothers and sisters in Christ and anyone else, I, I don't have to be inebriated or a little buzzed in order to enjoy the company of other people. Um, not to mention DUIs, um, murders on the road because of people who, uh, who, who just their uh, inhibitions get lowered and they think they can drive and they can do things that they cannot do. And they go out and kill people. There's so many domestic violence situations that happen because of drinking. I mean, I can go on, so on and so forth. And and, and maybe you can handle it, but maybe your son cannot. Because your son or your daughter will grow up and try the very thing that you think you can handle. And guess what? They may not. They may be saying that right now. You may have a little one and and you you just insist on drinking. Because I've heard it. I've heard it. When I grow up, I'm going to drink just like daddy, just like mommy. And seeing them buzzed and drunk, and they kind of played out. Beware. That is not something, definitely not for a pastor to take part in at all. At all. And I would just warn you, of trying to justify that in your own home. Again, it's not a commandment to absolutely not do it. I understand that. But does God have to really give us everything not to do in order to not do it? Well, it doesn't say cocaine either. He didn't say marijuana or you know all these other things, but uh, come on, guys. Remember, this is a thinking man's faith. Think about these things. We're really working hard to justify what we want to do. Think again. So again, go out, be as wise as serpents and be as innocent as doves. Do not compromise, do not sin, but think about how it is that you're going to engage and approach others for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How? With full trust in the Holy Spirit also. When they were placed before whoever to testify, they were told that the Holy Spirit would give them the words to speak at that very hour, at that very moment. I am amazed. I truly am. When I'm given to the Word of God, and and, and then I trust the Holy Spirit to give me the words to speak in the moment. How does it, if I have full confidence in Him, 
there are certain things that come up that I, you can walk away and you know, you know, it's like, wow, I, I, I'm amazed at what the Lord just did in that moment. That's when we have full confidence in him. That's when we know God's word. And he was telling him, listen, don't worry about, don't be stressed out about what you're going to tell that superintendent. Don't worry, don't get stressed out about what you're going to tell that governor or that uh, local authority, whoever it is. Don't be stressed out about that. Have confidence that the Lord will give you the words to speak at that very hour, at that very moment. That's what he was telling them. Rely on God's spirit to remind you of the things that you know and that they would be given by the spirit at the time they were confronted. Today is... Or actually, yesterday was a special day. And by the way, at the end of service, we're going to have all our uh, those who have served in the military. Um, we, we want we want to pray for you. Okay, we are appreciative of your service. But a good sailor, we're going to pray for you afterwards. But a good sailor, a good soldier, a good marine, a good airman will have trained so much and in such great detail that when confronted with a situation that person will respond immediately and with great accuracy and confidence. Like you, guys, you guys know what Navy SEALs are, right? I, I, don't, I don't think there's many people that don't know what a Navy SEAL is, but they're the elite of the commandos. And I know Army has theirs and, and uh, Marines have theirs, uh, but uh, there's, there's really nothing like a Navy SEAL. Don't, don't walk out. It's a <laughs> but you know that what I appreciate, and the reason why they are just such fine instruments of war is that they train so much that when it comes to the point to where they are engaged or they are engaging. It's like second nature. We go right through it. Boom, 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 boom. The reason why they can shoot with such great accuracy, respond with such power and aggression, in such detail, is because they have done it hundreds, if not thousands, of time. Over and 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 over again. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. What that means is to be students of the word of God to the point that, that you can give an answer to the hope that lies within you. When you're asked of that, that Boom. Why? Because you've gone through it over and over. Why do you have that peace? What kind of hope do you have? You don't understand what you're going through. What's going on in your life? How can you stand there and have such joy in the midst of such trials? Why? Because we know the Word of God. We can give an answer for the hope that lies within us. We know that this life is temporal. It's like a midst. It's here one moment and gone the next. This is not our home. We're pilgrims. That is good news. 
especially in light of all the things that we see going on around us, the trials that we are confronted with. This is not our home. We need to be able to tell someone else about that, just like that. Just like that. Psalm 125, 1 says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. Not moved, immovable. You stand in the word of God. You stand in the truth. You stand in his hope. And you are immovable. Nothing will shake me. When Jesus' disciples uh, were rejected and persecuted, they were to leave and go to the next town and then do it again. Go, do it again. Go, do it again. Go, do it again. I know you were persecuted. I know you were rejected. I know I understand that. But it's not for your sake. It's for the sake of the gospel. Go. Keep going. Keep Rejected. You just bounce. Kind of pivot, turn, go. Note that in verse 23, it says, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. I did want to reference this specific verse. Why? Because, um, you know, it's like, was the Son of Man supposed to come back before they went throughout all Israel? And um, we're still waiting for him. Well, what this references is the judgment that the Jews would experience before the disciples had gone Throughout all of Israel, all of the towns proclaiming the gospel and testifying of Jesus Christ. And this was actually prophesied back in verse 15. If you read with me, it says, Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Specifically, we're talking about the town. And then he goes on to talk about people who would reject. And he previously talked about people who would reject in the towns from which they were to move on from one to the next. What happened in A.D. 70? Well, there was judgment that came through the hands of the Romans. The temple was destroyed, and the people faced stiff persecution. It came, by the way, before all of the disciples had gone to all the towns and proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. That very thing came to came about and was fulfilled. Jesus made it very clear that the expectations of the disciples is not to be treated any better or different than he was as their teacher and master. The goal of a disciple is to be like his master, and the goal of a student is to be like his teacher in every way. Warning, he said, warning, you actually may be called evil. You may be called evil. Satan, just as I have been called Satan. I myself have been maligned. Don't expect something different to come your way. You will be maligned as well. But do not cower away. Keep going. Who's our example? The Lord. He did not cower away. He continued to move forward all the way to the cross. So beware, go, Do not fear. Do not fear. Verses 26 through 33 covered that. Three times we had read, do not fear. Verses 26, 28, and 31. Why were they not to fear? Why are we not to fear today? Number one, do not fear. Nothing escapes judgment. Verse 26 says, so have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Jesus was anticipating some questions as to the lies and deceptive actions of others. 
and a concern may arise as to whether anyone cares or if they're going to be judged for doing such wrong things. And Jesus, his answer beforehand, listen, everything is seen and will be dealt with. So do not fear. Don't get sidetracked. Don't worry about those people. Don't worry about those things. Keep going. For justice will be handed down for those who are wicked and oppose the Lord. He was saying, stay focused. What the Lord speaks to us in those times alone with Him in His Word or on our knees in prayer, contemplating and meditating on His Word, we are to proclaim from the housetops. Just, hey, without reservations, we are to confidently go forth and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The message of salvation was to be spoken, proclaimed, regardless of whether it's received or rejected. Our work is just simply to be the the delivery boys and girls. Just to go, deliver it, the good news of Jesus Christ. Deliver the message. Secondly, do not fear anyone but God. Verse 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore you are of more value than many sparrows. Listen, he even knows if you're bald. Okay? I know he can count every hair on your head. He knows, the, the point is, he knows every little detail. You're more valuable than anything. Little sparrows that he provides for, you're more valuable than they. He knows everything about you. Do not fear anyone but the Lord. Because as we said earlier, fear of the threat of bodily harm can paralyze anyone. But freezing up may be the very cause of your failure to accomplish what, the delivery of the message. Resilience is found in the person who does not flinch when confronted, is not moved by anyone but God. A person who does not fear anyone or anything but God will confidently bob and weave. You know, a boxer bobs and weaves, goes side to side, down and up, back and forth. They know how to move. And by the way, that may set you up for a one-two combination. What is this one? Huh? It's one, but what, what is that? You can like tire someone out just with that stiff jab. It's a jab. It's a jab. It doesn't look like much, but you're bobbing, weaving. Here's a jab, and then you give them a one, two, boom, and you give them a cross, right? That's oftentimes, I know it's an illustration, by the way, the Apostle Paul gives the illustration of, of a boxer as well, runners, uh, soldiers, those in warfare, okay? And um, we, we are to understand what it is that the Lord's telling us through those illustrations. He's saying, don't fear anyone. Get to the point to where you know how to bob and weave and then give that good stiff jab and that cross to the opponent with the word of God, the sword of the spirit. You can't do this if you don't know if you lack confidence in the Lord and you're always afraid of getting hit, the person who does not know will be afraid of getting hit. Someone who does not know how to fight. Have you ever seen them fight? I have. They don't know what they're doing. It's like, and if you get in a fight with a boxer, it, it's over, right? You will think that you are boxing the air. 
with someone who really, truly knows how to box. And so you will miss and you'll think, wow, where are they? And then pow. Listen, we need to know the word of God that we, the, we can kind of just go through and intelligently maneuver through those fiery darts that come our way. And then we can effectively advance and move forward, proclaiming the gospel and allowing the hearer to understand and know that you are a genuine believer and you know what you're talking about. Fear of legal action can also paralyze people. But again, don't fear man. What has God called you to do? Do it. Nothing goes unseen and you are more valuable to him than anything and nothing happens without his knowledge. Fear God with reverence and regard him above all else. And then verses 32 through 33, we'll end with this. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven, but whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Please understand that these words were spoken not to the unbelieving, but to the believing. These were spoken to the apostles, to his disciples. And so they, they had to understand, hey, listen, I send you out. I've told you all these things. I've warned you. I've also told you to go in the midst of all of these problems, these trials, these situations that could arise, this opposition that, you, that could, you could be confronted with. Go, but don't go and not say anything. We, we can go out. We can go out in the midst of everyone and say, well, our lives, let them speak louder than our words, right? It's like, if that's all you're standing on, that's nonsense. That's not what the Lord told us to do. He, do, he told us to say something. If we're mute, guess what? Learn sign language. Yeah. Sign. Spread the gospel. Do something. But open your mouth and tell people. Why? Because it, it's very clear here. He's speaking to his disciples. Do not deny me before people. It's very clear, or I will deny you before my Father who's in heaven. How will you respond when you have the opportunity to speak the good news of Jesus Christ? It's very important for us to understand. The Christian is not to be known just as a good person in hopes that that alone will drive someone to Christ. It may cause them to ask questions, but unless you tell them about Jesus Christ, they won't know. They won't know. I asked questions, but it wasn't until Mike Lucas, my friend, an amazing man said, spoke to me, and I understood the gospel of Jesus Christ. Confess or deny, the question is, what will you do? What will you do? We are each, as the disciples of Jesus' time, to beware of those things that we will encounter. But regardless, we are to go intelligently and without any reservations, confess Jesus publicly without fear of man or even what man can do to you. Because a person's eternal destiny is determined by their response to Jesus. He always demanded a response. He still demands a response today. It's not to be put off. It's He's to be responded to. What are we to do? Affirm Him in our lives, confessing Him that He is truly Lord. The words that we read all together that we stood for. 
Do they truly have authority in our lives? Will they give us direction? Will they give us purpose? Will we stand on them? Regardless of what comes our way. I pray we do because what we have is a, is a hope that goes beyond this today. It goes beyond. And it helps us through. He's our strength because we know that th- this isn't it. Thank God this is not it. And he awaits our response. And so what is your response to him? That's really the question that I want to end with. All right? So let's stand. <clears throat> you guys want to come up? We're going to pray and... Um, and I, and I pray that your response is, uh, Lord, we're, we're all in. Let's do this. Use me. Um, and then we're going to take a moment, and uh, I'm going to ask uh, the, all our veterans to stay standing and everyone else to sit down, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you for your word. And, Lord, I ask, Father, that we would respond to your word. Lord, forgive us. Lord, for I, I, I ask for your forgiveness, Lord. I know that I have fallen short of responding at all times, Lord, without any reservation whatsoever to opportunities that you've placed before me. And, and, and Lord, I, I pray, Lord, I, I'm sure that some of my brothers and sisters here can share in that. Pray, Lord, that you would fill us with your confidence as you fill us with your spirit. Humble confidence, Lord, knowing that you desire to do a mighty work in and through us. And I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that today would be the day of salvation, that they would respond by confessing their sins to you and asking you for forgiveness. And so we love you, Father. We thank you for your grace and your love. And we pray this in Jesus' name.